0: Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Today's message comes from Pastor Chris Ria. Well, good morning, everyone. We are in a series called This Is Us. And what we're doing is we're using this series to talk about the five core values that we have here at Community Christian Church. Is everybody enjoying the series so far? All right. Well, the core value I get to talk about this morning is called acts of service. And that's a little bit of a churchy term. If you've been around church for a while, you know what that is. If you haven't been around church, you may not understand what that term is. But basically, what it is, is that simply identifying your spiritual gifts Your passions, your natural abilities, and your personality, and then using all of that to make a difference in this world, to do something, to do something with your faith and with the way God has wired you. And I personally believe that every single person has been uniquely wired and designed by God for a specific purpose. And the reason I believe this is because in God's word, in the book of Psalms, the psalmist says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That God knit you together in your mother's womb. That he knows you intimately. See, God knit us and he designed us to be unique and creative. And I'm always amazed at the creativity of people. Uh, A few weeks back, I was at the Rochester Arts and Apples Festival, and I was walking around and there were hundreds of tents. And each one of these tents had an artist in the tent that designed something just based on their unique style. I mean, there were paintings, there were sculptures, there were photographs, there was clothing. And I stood at awe, I just stood in awe at the creativity of people. Every tent you walk by, someone else had a little bit different perspective on things and used their own unique gifts and talents to try to bring some joy to the people around them. And I believe that the more you look at a person's design, the more it reveals their destiny. See, God wired us a certain way for a reason. And when we figure out how he's wired us, It sets us up for what he wants to do through us. And each one of us has a destiny. Everyone sitting in this place has a purpose, has a destiny. And and the first thing is that we need to know is that our destiny is pretty simple. It's to know God. That's the first thing God wants us to do is he wants us to know him. God went through a lot of trouble to have relationship with us so that we can know him. In fact, he sent his only son to this earth to die on the cross for our sin. He took all of our sin, all of our shame, all of our punishment on him. He then rose from the dead and we put our faith in him. Our slate is completely wiped clean. We are saved by his grace and we are set up then to be in relationship with him. He designed it that way so that we could know him. He wants to walk with us, he wants us to know who he is. But then he also, as a part of that, wants us to understand how he wired us so that he can use us uniquely to impact this world for his glory. And I know this because in Ephesians 2.10, the word of God says this. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And we know this because we learned about this in the James series a few weeks ago. But he's got this design and this purpose, and he wants to set us up to do something of significance. And let me tell you why this benefits you. Because when you start talking about acts of service, you talk about doing something with your faith, a lot of times guilt sets it. And we start thinking about what we're not doing for our faith. Well, I'm not really doing anything with my faith right now. I'm not really doing much. And all of a sudden we start getting guilty and, and shame comes in and we go, okay, you're right. I, I need to serve. I, I got to do something. I, I'm going to have to do something soon. I mean, that after all, that's an act of service. That, that's a core value. That's something I have to do to, to earn God's favor. Well, that's not the truth. The truth is it's good for you because it brings fulfillment to your life. And here's the thought of this whole message summed up it's this. It's true fulfillment occurs when you discover your gifts and passions and you use them to make a difference in this world for the kingdom of God. Anyone who knows this, anyone who's done this, knows that where that's where their true fulfillment comes. When they're using their unique design to do something of significance in this world to make a difference. And God designed the system so that we could play a role in it. And that's the greatest thing about this, is that we are all different. You know, I do a lot of um, communication and conflict resolution uh, counseling with my wife. And it's funny because you realize that in a relationship or in a friendship, most people think that everybody thinks like them. So when they communicate, oh, this this is the only thing that that makes sense, right? This is how it is logically. This is, But we're all wired so differently. And it's actually an amazing thing. Now it can cause conflict at times. But it's actually an amazing thing because we're all so different. But when we come together, we can do some pretty incredible things. And I think that's what we all want deep down. Is we want our lives to matter. We want to do something. We want to make a difference in this world. In 1 Corinthians 12, the Apostle Paul, he's talking to the uh, the Corinthian church about this very same thing. And he says it this way in verse 12. He says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. So right away you see Paul, he's comparing the church, the people in the church, making up a body. He's comparing it to our physical body, which is made up of many parts. Verse 18, he says, But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. So we can see here that There's many different roles and each person plays a different and unique role that makes up this body. Verse 19 goes on to say, how strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. So basically, as we continue to dive into this, we're realizing that each part has a perfect function. And we need to function that way and do what we were designed to do. We shouldn't desire to be a part that we're not. We shouldn't desire to play a role that we were never meant to play because our unique role is perfect for this local body in this church. Verse 22, I love this verse. It says, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Have you ever felt that way? My role doesn't matter. I'm not doing anything really significant. I'm not really doing much. Let me tell you something. Sometimes the least important roles, what seems to be the least important are actually the most necessary. Right now, there's a person changing a diaper right over there probably, thinking, this is just not the greatest role. But you know what? It's necessary. It's important for all of us to be in here and for God to do some things in this place. Verse 27 says, All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Each of us makes up the body of Christ. We all play a role. To think you don't play a role, it just goes against what Paul's telling us in Scripture. And we've all been assembled in this community and this area so that we can make a difference right here. And uh, to illustrate this a little further, I brought some very important things with me today. These are my golf clubs. All right, we got some golfers in here. Come on. So I want to use this as a little bit of an illustration. See in the golf bag, you've got 14 different clubs in here. That's the most you can have in your golf bag at one time. And each club plays roll. It has a specific purpose. Like, for instance, the driver right here. It's longer than the other clubs. It's bigger than them. And what it's designed is it's designed to hit a ball off the tee. And so you put a tee, and you put the ball on top of it, and right off of the hole, right off the tee box, they call it, you hit this one, and it's designed to go farther than any other club in your bag. And you need it. In order to have a good hole in golf, this sets you up. This sets up the entire hole. It's like the foundation of every golf shop. But then you have another club like this one. This is called a hybrid. And the reason it's called a hybrid is it's be- in between what you would call a fairway metal and an iron. And it's supposed to have the, bo- the best of both worlds. You're supposed to be able to hit it as far as you would be able to hit a fairway medal, but as accurate as an iron. And so when you get into some weird lies on the golf course, and you don't have the the ball sitting up perfectly, this club is designed to help you still hit a really accurate golf shot. Then you have your irons. Anywhere from four iron, five iron, six, seven, eight, nine, pitching wedge. And each iron is used for precision from a specific distance away from the green. So if a five iron, maybe you hit it 190 yards and you know your six iron, you hit 180 yards and your seven iron goes 170. And so you take your irons and you use them with precision to get the ball as close to the hole as you possibly can. They serve a unique purpose. As each iron goes up, the loft gets higher and the club's more forgiving and easier to hit. And then you got your good old sand wedge here. Now, your sand wedge is used because if you're like me and you play this game, you don't hit many greens in regulation. You don't hit it with your irons very accurately. So then you need a club like this to chip the ball close. So it's called a sand wedge because you can hit it out of the sand It's one reason, but you can also chip around the green with it, and you can open it up, you can shut it. And the goal is to, wherever you are around the green, if you don't hit the green with your iron, to be able to chip the ball close with this club. And then finally, you have your putter. And the putter is designed, it's, it's unique, it's unlike any other club. It's designed, once you get on the green, to put the ball into the hole or close to the hole. And it's different. It's different than any other club in the back. And, and here's the thing. You can't use a putter off of the tee where you hit a driver. It wouldn't go very far. And you'd probably ruin your club. You can't hit a driver out of the sand. It's not designed to hit it out of the sand. You can't hit your sand wedge off the tee cause it's not gonna go very far either. So each club in the golf bag has a unique purpose and it was designed for a specific situation out on the golf course. That's us. That's us. That's the church. And I want to show you this, this little video clip. This is a video clip of Phil Mickelson back in 2004, I believe it is, when he won his very first Masters Championship. Can we take a look at this video real quick? Here he is using a putter on the green. Okay, so you see Phil Mickelson on the golf course, makes this putt to win a major championship in golf. And a lot of us, we want that moment. We wanna be on the course with our putter and we wanna be putting to win and the crowd goes nuts and that's the role a lot of us wanna play. But do you know that if Phil Mickelson didn't use every one of these other clubs precisely in the situations he was throughout that golf tournament, he never would have had that putt to win the championship. If he just carried his putter only, he never would have had that putt. He never would have had that experience. He needed all of these, yet the only time you saw him was when he was putting. We need everybody. And we're not all wired the same, and we're not all going to be used in the same way. But that doesn't make us any less important than anyone else in the kingdom of God. And that's why I believe so strongly in the local church because we will always be stronger together than we will ever be apart. Because together we make a full set of golf clubs, right? Figuratively speaking. When we're on our own, which I'm hearing more and more of people saying, you know, I'm not really going to church anymore, but I'm still a Christian. I just don't really believe in the local church. I don't think I have to go to church. The thing is, you're missing out on this experience of what can happen when you bring your gift into this place, into this community, and what we can do together. We can always do more together than we could ever do apart. But this only works if we recognize our strengths, our gifts, our passions, and focus on using them to make a difference. And sometimes this means giving up one thing to do something else really well. And I want to say a little something here. I think we do a disservice sometimes to people, even to young people, when we tell them, listen, you can do anything you want in this world. You just go after it, you work hard enough, you can do anything that you want. You know, just go for it. Now, I love the sediment. I love the sediment that, hey, if you work hard, if you go after something, you can accomplish things. And I totally believe that. But I also think we're setting some people up to fail because we're taking them away from their unique design. And forcing them to be something they're not in a lot of times. And that's a huge disservice because our design reveals our destiny. So when we try to pull someone away from the way God wired them and designed them to do something, and we say, no, do this, just go after it and work hard and, and, and go after it, and you can, you'll be set up for success. Well, we're pulling them away from what, from what God's called them and destined Them to do. I'll use myself as an illustration here. When I was a kid, I loved music. I just absolutely loved music. And I wanted to sing, I wanted to play an instrument, I wanted to do all those things. I'll never forget when I was in third grade, second grade, maybe trying out for our children's church local um, choir Christmas production. And I thought to myself, I'm going to get a solo at this, during this production. So I got up in front of everybody, in front of my peers, in front of teachers, in front of uh, leaders, and I tried out for a solo and I sang my heart out. I could tell by the look on everyone's face when I was done, that was not my gift. <laughs> it was obvious. They had this really bizarre look on their face. <laughs> My poor aunt, she was the one who was kind of giving out the solos. And she's like, well, thank you, Chris. Your heart, your passion. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. He used to say, I didn't get a part in that play. I think I was like a stagehand or something behind the scenes. But then when I was in middle school, I just had this dream, I wanted to play the electric guitar. So I asked my parents, said, would you give me an electric guitar for my birthday? And they did, they got me an electric guitar, an amp. And I got that thing in a basement, I just started playing, didn't make any sense at all. We didn't have YouTube back there where I could go on and get a lesson or anything. So I had to actually go get lessons from a teacher. And I told my parents, yeah, I really want lessons. I want to learn to play this guitar. So they got me lessons, and I would go there every week. Once a week, I'd go to my guitar lesson, and I would do what my guitar teacher asked me to do, and I would practice. But it never sounded quite right. And it wasn't because I wasn't putting the time in. It wasn't because I, I wasn't practicing. It just didn't come together. Like, I could learn the notes and the chords, but it didn't sound like a song. It was, it was bad. It was rough. Now, I talk to other people. They sit down at a keyboard. I was talking to this girl the other day, and she's like, oh yeah, I just sit down at a keyboard, and naturally I can just play a song. Like, if I hear a song, I can just sit down, and I've never had a lesson, but I just figure it out on the piano, and I just play. That's natural, God-given ability. I did not have that. Zero in the music category. And I'll never forget one day I was really frustrated and I had a guitar lesson coming up and it was after school and I was playing uh, hockey in the street with a bunch of my friends and my brother's friends. And they, were, they were playing a hockey, street hockey game and I knew at any moment my mom or dad were going to come outside and they were going to say, listen, it's time to go to your guitar lesson. And I was going to be so dejected because I was having such a great time playing hockey. And sure enough, the door opened and my dad says, hey, Chris. I said, yeah, I know. He goes, no, I just want to let you know I canceled your guitar lesson today. From what I'm gathering, that's not your thing. We'll, we'll find something else. And I was elated. What a cool dad, right? That's just amazing. <laughs> a lot of people might think he was letting me off the hook there. He wasn't. And I'll tell you why. Why push me towards something that was never going to materialize? And there were other areas of my life where my mom and dad did challenge me and push me and not let me quit certain things even though I wanted to because they knew there was some natural ability and God-given talent in those areas. So what they tried to do is try to push me towards the things that I was naturally gifted at the things that God designed me uniquely to do and let me walk away from the things that I wasn't great at. And I'm telling you, if you look at this in the spiritual realm, the lesson learned is this. Figure out how God has designed you and let that design reveal your destiny. You know that 87 percent of Christians would say, "I don't know why I'm on this Earth, I don't know what I'm supposed to do." And so many times it's right there in your DNA, right there in the way God designed you, your personality, your passion, your giftings, it's right there and God's saying, "Use that for my kingdom, too." I know something about myself. I know the older I get, I know what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And I stay in my lane. You're not going to see me up here on the worship team. That's okay. we got a great worship team. They don't need me up here. You know, I know that I'm a teacher. I know God has wired me to teach. And I know this because no matter what I learn in life, I have to share it with Someone. It's never good enough for it to just be for me. And I don't care what it is. I have to share it with somebody. I have to teach it to somebody. So teaching isn't my purpose. I'm a teacher and it revealed my destiny. Because purpose is always more about who you are than what you do. And who you are will always set up what you do. And that's important because a lot of us are trying to go do something of purpose. Well, maybe I'll start a blog. Maybe I'll start a vlog. Maybe I'll uh, start a ministry. Maybe I'll do Well, what is your unique design? That's who you are. And who you are will always set up what you do. And when we put it backwards, we go in the wrong directions. We end up wanting to be a foot when we're a hand. And it doesn't work. Our design reveals our destiny. Maybe you're a person who's more administrative. Maybe that's your gift. Maybe you're more task oriented. Maybe you're a people person and you get charged by being around people. Maybe you're a behind the scenes kind of person. Maybe you love to plan. Maybe you're a teacher. Maybe you love having people in your home. Maybe you love making people feel known and cared for. Whatever it is, use that to make a difference for the kingdom of God. You know, don't be a greeter or an usher out here just because you know you should do something and you say, hey, it's something I can do. I can can give people bulletins. I can open the door. That's something I can do. Don't do it just because you're able to do it. Do it because you get charged by people and you want to know and care for them. And you're excited every time you see someone walk through the door. That's when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Don't serve in kids' ministry just because there's a sign out there asking for volunteers. Our children's director is going to get mad at me for that, but that's okay. (laughs) Don't do it just because there's a sign out there. Do it because you know that you want to be a part of shaping the next generation of kids and that you want to have influence in their lives and you believe in them and you love being around them and you want to shape them towards an incredible future in God. Because that's when our children's ministry will be at its best. That's when our church will be at its best. When we're all using our unique design and our unique gifting and our unique purpose to do something and make a difference around this place. Because we all have a unique role. And when we begin working together in this, It will lead to changing the world. It will lead to transformed lives. And I want to show you a video this morning. And this is a video. uh, It's a story about an incredible woman here at our church named Donna. And Donna shares her story of how she came to know Christ. And the reason she came to know Christ is because a lot of different people were using their unique design. And it led her towards God, and I want you to see this video. Let's watch it together.
1: All up to 2012, I was living in darkness. I had issues, personal issues going on, and the most important, forgiveness. I did not know what forgiveness is. And day after day, day after day, you have to pretend. And I couldn't. I couldn't pretend like I am okay with all this. I couldn't. And I was just holding it inside. No smile. No nothing. It was always, I was living with so much grudge inside of me. I can't even describe. I don't even know how I made it all those years, living like that. my company came a new plan manager little by little we start talking about what kind of church do i go to about my faith about god and he said as soon as i seen you i knew something something was really really bothering you he's very godly person he pulled me on the side And he explained to me what forgiveness means. As he was talking to me, I felt relief. It was going, it was something I could, I did forgive the people who hurt me, which he told me that doesn't mean forgiveness that you gotta be or they can be in your life. Forgiveness is for yourself. And then he told me It's not me, Dana, it's God talking through me. He's using me as his vessel. The very next day, when I woke up, it was the feeling I never felt like this before. I could have seen, I could have lived. I seen the sun for the first time in 18 years. It was all fine but it was still missing something. I needed a home, a church where I can feel that I can keep my connection with God. Five years later was 2017 when I met Kim. I learned about forgiveness, I learned about, started reading the Bible for the very first time. And then he brought Kim in my life to bring me in the home where I belong to CCC. And the first thing at the door, I, I, it, it, it never been like that. I, I have never been greeted by no one from church. And they welcomed me like one of their own. It, it was amazing. I never felt it before. Everything, everything about CCC, everything, the people, the pastors, everyone, the whole community. I can, never, I can never be thankful to God for bringing me, connecting with McKim and then with CCC. I mean, with tears in my eyes and the biggest smile on my face, I found my home finally. And then one day, my oldest daughter, she opened up to me one day and she goes, Mom, I want to come with you and join this church and see it. And I can't do this no more. I need God in my life, Mom. And what happened the next Sunday, I had to work. At lunchtime, I get a text. And she goes, guess where I am? At the church, by herself. And for my daughter to do that, whatever I felt, same thing happened to her she goes this is what i needed mom what happened later on yeah my youngest daughter draga on my birthday on june 23rd she gets up in the morning i didn't even know from the night before and she says mom i am going to get the church with you Just looked at her, I just with the tears in my eyes, and I just said, Thank you, God. I know it's you. She came with me on that day, in the middle of the service, she goes, Mom, look at my arm. It was all goosebumps. Since that day, she just can't wait for the next service. Mom, can we go, Mom? Can, I cannot be more grateful for all God and CCC do for me and for my family. It's only God, it's only God. And I, can, I can't thank you enough. The day when I got rebaptized at CCC, April 28th of 2019. I can't, oh my gosh, I can't describe it. It's just the most beautiful thing ever. Everything was relieved. Everything was gone.
0: I love that story. Stories like that never get old. And you want to know why stories like that are possible? Because of this. Stories like that are possible because people who've encountered God, who've come to know Him, who've been set free, and want to live for Him, introduce other people to the greatest thing they could ever introduce them to. And in the story, you have Donna's boss who was a Christian in the workplace. Not at church, but in the workplace, he would encourage her. He had a gift of encouragement and wisdom to help her in a dark season of life. You have Kim Silver who goes to our church. This guy has the gift of evangelism. I mean, he just talks to everybody. He's outgoing and he used the way that God wired him To invite her to this place. Then, when she came through the doors, she was greeted, she was known, she was cared for. People using their outgoing friendly gifts of hospitality to help her feel welcome. Pastors teaching her different things she never knew. All working together led to a transformed life. And it doesn't stop there transformation continues to occur. And I just love it. And that's the beauty of acts of service. That's the beauty. That's why it's a core value here. And the Apostle Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 3. He says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, and God made it grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. And both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. You're it. You're who God wants to use to change this world. You're it. Together, we are it. We're who God wants to use. No one's exempt. We are all in this together. And if we come together, we can do some incredible things in this local community. And that's what happened with Donna. But here's the amazing thing. It didn't stop here. This morning, I get the opportunity to baptize her daughter, Draga, who's sitting here in the front row as well because (laughs) there's more transformation happening. So I just want to close this message out with a question. What is your unique design? What's your role in all of this? If this is resonating with you, I really want to ask you to take one practical step if you haven't done so already. On October 23rd, it's a Wednesday evening, we are offering a course called Discover. We offer this class four times a year. And in a one-hour class, by the end of the class, you will understand your personality type, your spiritual giftings, and your passions, and you'll be able to put it all together to see how God wants to use you in this world. Don't miss out on that. You can go to our website, go to the events page, and you can register. It's, it's up. You can register right now or any time from now until then. But if, you, if this is resonating with you and you're like, I want to do something, but I don't wanna just do something for the sake of doing something, I wanna do something that's unique to my design. And I'm gonna encourage you to take that step. Remember the thought of the day, it's simply this, true fulfillment occurs when you discover your gifts and passions and you use them to make a difference in the kingdom of God. And when we do, when we come together as a local church, And we all know how we're wired. And we're all flowing in our giftings. There's nothing we can't do. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for wiring us uniquely. I thank you that every single person in this room has been wired in a certain way that's different from everyone else. And I love that. I love that kind of diversity, Lord, and I thank you for it. And I just pray that as a church, you would use us to do some incredible things. We want to change this world. We want to bring you glory. We want to see more lives transformed. We want to see more people come to know you and get set free from their baggage in the past and and have freedom in you. And I just pray you would help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. For more messages like this and other resources, visit us online at cccsterling.org.